Chapter 35. Idri, you have some splaining to do. Okay. So, things had gotten quite interesting last session. You guys had uh, attempted to make it over into the ruined palace, only to have Idri pitch off of the bridge and end up in the water with a giant crocodile, um, which... In, in itself turned into a very near affair. Uh, however, you were able to dispatch the giant crocodile, save Adrian from its clutches, and get everybody back up to the surface, only to find out that Adri is not exactly what she seems. Um, whole sections of her skin seem to have sloughed off, and you guys have only now realized that that was all makeup. And all the time that she would spend in the mornings doing her makeup and having to run and touch up after battles and things like that all of a sudden makes sense. Underneath that, you know, pink perfect skin that she always showed you is a dark black skin. And all of a sudden, it makes sense. She is not, in fact, a half-elf. She is a drow. Okay, now, um... And as we left, Alistair and Arlen, you being half-elven, have had many uh, stories about your, uh, uh, from your parents on what the drow are like. And they have informed you about how they are uh, always evil and pernicious and chaotic. Yeah. Okay, um, so uh, please put yourselves on the grid. <coughs> Where you're starting out just in case combat uh, ensues. Oh, okay. Okay, so, Arlen, Alistair, you've drawn your weapons in surprise. What are you going to do? You're obviously facing a drow who has been in disguise this whole time in the middle of your party. You can't even imagine why. Is she some sort of spy that's uh, here to sabotage you or what? Um. <laughs> and shock silence fills the air. Whoever's looking at their stunned expressions with a whole lot of huh in his eye, in his direct eyes. <coughs> looks, looks at Adrian says, "They just drew their weapons while they're facing Adrian." What? I'm that, that, shivering that's... with my hands up. Just near death experience. Are they staring at her specifically? Oh, they're staring at her specifically. Okay. Well, one, I'll step past Adri. Uh, you got something on your skin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll stand in front of her like, what's going on? 
Alistair, why are you staring like that? She's clearly a drow. Gesundheit. Um, Drows are evil devil worshippers. I'm half drow. Uh, um, I'm gonna activate my uh, sacred uh, weapon channel divinity. Huh? For the funds. Uh, I'm gonna activate my uh, sacred weapon channel divinity so it my warhammer glows with bright light and it's magic now. Even more magic y. You, uh, right, I, I you guys, more yeah. excitedly put my hands up. I'm like, you're the paladin. You should be able to detect good from evil. Try it. Have I done anything uh, evil? You haven't. That's why it's confusing. And you go with a tiefling easily enough? I've never Hypocrite. heard of you. I have red eyes and horns. Do <laughs> <laughs> we go here? <laughs> I'm like, so I'm. I have demonic heritage, you're fine. She's slain monsters for us, we're fine. You should know good from evil. Of course, you deserted your monastery. Maybe you're the evil one. We went to your home and found it overrun with undead. Gurmo's just shaking his head very confusedly. But he's, I still have, I have my shield up already and my flails dangling at my side but in my hand. Passed down through the generations, drow have been uh, evil creatures who are always up to no good causing sacrifice blood sacrifices to their uh is Lulta a female or Lulta's a female, female yeah. to, She's always to their lady? Yeah. I don't know anything about any of that, but she has not done anything to us as of yet and I will not convict her on crimes that may occur. I ran away from home for a reason. Yeah. I've encountered more human evil people than good. Should I not slay every town that we come around? Hypocrite. So Alistair and Arlen, now that the shock has worn off and you've had a chance to view her more clearly, um, drows are supposed to have skin of onyx black, and you can't help but notice that hers is more dusky black under the makeup. <laughs> um, and she does have eyes of the palest blue. Dark gray instead of black. Well, it's, it's, it's almost black, but it's not quite. And um, charcoal's a good one, yes. And, um, and even though her, her hair is drawish white, now that you've had a chance to examine it a little closely, it does resemble more blonde, you know, platinum blonde, uh, like she's always passed it off to be. And her eyes are the palest steel blue. Uh, and you've never heard of a drow having eyes that color. So you can at least believe that she's half-human, but you need a much bigger explanation for what's going on. So are you going to use your brains, or are we going to have a throwdown right now? Dianet teaches us to protect life. You seem ready to jump and destroy it based on nothing yet. I you really... are torn, Alistair, because yes, your teachings of Alistair are to for mercy and to her healing. The teachings of Alistair. Let the world be beige. <laughs> but at the same time, you've never heard of a good drought ever. You've only ever heard of them causing chaos and suffering. I really don't want to hurt you at all, ever. So I look at you and I say, if you strike, I will kill you, even if it means the end of me. 
I don't want anyone to fight over this. I will okay, kill lower your weapons and we'll talk about it. You put your weapons away, guys? I turn it as off. A way, as, as, a way of, as a way of... Considering where we are at right now, this may not be the best. No. Doesn't this matter. Is. These guys drew the weapons. And we know how your sorcery points Can are. you trust me as you have for months now for ten more minutes while we get to safety? Yes, I believe I can. Yeah. So do you guys want to go find another walled off courtyard or something to... We need something more than a walled off courtyard. No. We need time right now. We don't I'm not the aggressor. Like, making weird hands and... <laughs> I'm not the one who drew a weapon on our colleague. Your weapons are always drawn, though. <laughs> Is there anywhere nearby that we can go? Um, probably the best thing you can find, once again, would be uh, the tumble-down ruin uh, courtyard or something that you could uh, pull up in really quick. Alright, well... So I just remember that I beseech the Palin. I'm not really in a position to be a leader right now. So I say, you should be able to know good from evil. Isn't that what you good league types do? Check. Um, Doesn't your god grant you this ability? Yeah, but uh, she's yeah, but yeah, specific but. ones, and that's a spell slot, and I use those to hit things really hard. Alistair? That wasn't in character. Alistair, yeah. interestingly enough, you do have one spell spot le slot left. You feel that energy inside you. So do you do you wish to uh, you know pull up in a courtyard real quick? Um, do I have? Say yes. Yes. Um, do I have yes, that do. prepared automatically? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, you would take you all two minutes to swap it out. Uh, no, it's a long rest. I think no, that's the point. Is he's trying to well, say? Well, yes, you do. You do have it now. Right now. I Just have now. it now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, right now. <laughs> Your god is telling you to cast. Do it. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, what what does good evil do? It detects good or evil. <laughs> Place your hand upon the woman's brow and check. Say you are. Yes. Give us a reading on detect good and evil. Spell good. Or, no, no, it's not good. I don't know. It's a spell. It's a fifth level spell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for, you. for the duration, you know if there's an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet of you, as well as where they are located. Let's detect an evil? Yeah. Hmm. Well, in half ways. Or detect alignment, maybe. Maybe that's not a spell. Paladin still has that useful thing. It's like first level, or first level spell for me. Yeah, that is a first level spell. Oh, this is a fifth level spell. Oh, no, no. Dispel good and evil is a fifth level spell. And I don't want to dispel... Well, what's the good side of detect good and evil? Um, celestials. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's retracting, like, otherworldly... To know if they're there. Yeah. Um, phase some of the time. I, I mean... Oh, there's another way. There's another way, but I need to rest to do it. Let me check. My God! Look at her. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Should I know what they're gonna do? Um. Oh no! Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just need. I just need a chance to rest. I can put this all. I, I can. 
make this very much easier, but we need I need a chance to rest and guard back Diana's power. Okay. But I can fix I can at least make this a lot, a lot less of an issue. What what are you gonna use? Nothing right now. I need to rest first. No, but what are you going to Zone of Truth. Zone of Truth? Ah, very good. Ah. So um <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you two so, um Colonel, why don't you suggest like, that to the group? I can make this a lot easier for everybody. I'm saying now, character. Uh, but I need time for Dianex power to restore so within you, and we can, with your <coughs> permission, question her. Absolutely, I don't want But if you, regardless, <laughs> if you do not like her, if you do not like her answers, it's still the truth. And if I feel that she is innocent, I will defend her as well. So let us find some place to hide and rest and recover. Is that satisfactory for you too? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, Gurgle, uh, so instead of um, Alistair feeling the extra spell slot up here, um, by the time you guys have set up camp, you feel the magical energies of Dynek coursing through you, and, and you feel as if you can cast that. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> do you want the actual spell specifics? Um, yeah, give us the spell specifics. Then you shouldn't have asked for me to ask. The only truth between magical. <laughs> <laughs> 15 foot radius sphere centered on a point of your choice within range. Until the spell ends, a creature that enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts a turn there must make a charisma saving throw. On a failed save, a creature can't speak a deliberate lie while in the radius. You know whether each creature succeeds or fails on the saving throw. An affected creature is aware of the spell and can thus avoid answering questions to which it would normally respond with a lie. Such a creature can be evasive in its answers as long as it remains within the boundaries of the truth. Okay. So uh, if um, she's willing to do this, yeah, I, I, I think we can forego the save. Yeah, you, you can automatically fail the saving throw. And uh, so... Um, With the, the bright, bright lights coming on? No, no nothing that big. Where do we find that safe? Where do we find that safe? Um, the safest thing you can find is just a ruin with about uh, three wall or four walls and, and no uh, one of them one of them barely standing and no roof. Okay. Um, but at least it's, it puts a wall between you and, and whatever roams the outside. Okay, so I walk I walk over and lay my shield and and <coughs> down. But I keep the warhammer and dagger nearby, and I sit down and motion the to sit in front of me. Okay. And you ask her to give the party her story. No, I'm just saying. I'm mean, going to cast a spell. Okay. I need you to talk directly to me. Okay. Tell the absolute truth. I will know if you're if you're offering a falsehood. I will be able to tell. Tell the whole truth and nothing about the truth. So I help you, Diana. Not necessarily. <laughs> yes. So help me, Diana. I put my hands on my. I, you know, I'm sitting kind of crisscross. I sit my hands on my knees and summon Diana's power. And a white ward lights up along the ground in a thirty foot circle, centered on me and her. And then. So these radiant energies just sort of. Go in a circle, actually, pretty much a whole lot of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so now would be a really good time to find out if Alistair really had kissed uh, Allie McBeal behind the uh, <laughs> behind the school, like he said. So, a simple question it, Is your name Adrian? And you feel compelled to say, Yes. Okay. You can try to tell a lie. Is your name Girl. No. And as she does that, you feel that. No, no, she just told the truth. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Exactly. Yeah. As soon as you touch it, you say no, you realize you can't. It's very difficult. Yes. That's where you would roll for your save. I know that you will save initially, and if you succeed, you can lie, and if you fail, you but have to tell the truth. That's exactly what I just said. Just without so much technicality. Don't be technical about these things. If you're comfortable, please tell us what your story. My mother was a concubine to a lord in the underdark. I was already set apart from all of my other girlish siblings, cousins, whatever evil filth you want to call them. I was not driven by the self-centeredness that all other drow are driven by. I was compelled more by my human side. Um, all my other siblings were already spoken for. So by the time I came of age, my father decided to marry me off to a drovish lord. That was the point that I refused to continue in his life any further. So I ran away. Ended up in the woods, almost died. My monk master saved me. Master Chill. <laughs> okay. At any point, do you have plans to follow the supposed drow way of whatever murder and trickery that your compatriots have accused you of? I never wanted to. Never will. Any other questions? Yeah. No one's a shitty woman's underwear? <laughs> I wear no underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's more horrifying. But <laughs> <laughs> let it be known. If any of you two were to harm a hair on her head, I would kill you. I say this freely in the zone of truth. Now, all things she said is, as said before, Dynex Tower and Strict Judgment. She is telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the first time no one ever said anything that makes Gerbil laugh. Thank you for answering my questions. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Noan. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. I, I, <laughs> don't <laughs> I don't want a part of that. Dynex Tower fades and the zone dissipates. <clears throat> so obviously, um, everybody here, besides Adrian, is a little shocked and taken aback still uh, that your friend wasn't exactly what she said she was. But <laughs> Actions always speak louder than words. Yeah. Save you some time in the morning. Yep. Well, well you know, these goodly types true weapons. You'll probably still have yes, to yes, uh, yes. still have to uh, cloak yourself when you're around uh, the general public. You, you can, can use, use that to our advantage. Well, well I have, I have wrappings too. It's not just yeah. a makeup. The majority of it was like gloves. You might be able to show yourself as drawing like. Intimidate and goblins or something. I'm going to go find a drill mini of a monk. That would be awesome. Or <laughs> just get like a monk mini and then paint the face black or something. Charcoal. 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 Yeah. Charcoal. Yeah. What's the difference between charcoal? Charcoal's like really dark gray. Yeah. yeah. It, it, almost a black, but not quite. Almost black, but kind of like <coughs> something that's black that's yeah. not stronger or something. And you guys, um, from what you've heard of the drow, um, now that you've heard her story, you can only imagine what it must have been like to have been, you know, black-skinned, but not quite black-skinned. You know, having white hair, but not perfectly pure white hair. Having these eyes that don't match anybody else's. It must have set her completely apart. And on top of that, I think your name. Yes. Sally. Is this safe enough place, you think, for eight hours rest? 
You certainly feel spent about now. Yes. I'm going to camp like 20 feet away from everybody. That could be dangerous. I also don't want to kill them in my sleep. That's true, too. Why would you kill them in my sleep? Oh. Yeah, tie tiger, yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. It must be good in the laundry. I actually just never know what's going to happen. At some point, you should just start nothing. <laughs> okay, so, um. <coughs> That's a sign. Okay, so, um, you're going to go uh, just bed down and, and go to sleep and let everybody come back and after uh, the fireball. <coughs> Yep. Okay, so, <laughs> so he goes to. So why don't you give us a roll as you uh, knock off to sleep? Does anybody have any hit die left that they can use or need to use? No. Yeah, I have two more. Okay, uh, you can use one of those right away. Yay! Okay. Don't forget the constitution brought you. Either way, with more than enough. So once again, you feel the control of the chaos slip away as you. I am transported to the astral plane until the end of my next turn. <laughs> After which time I return to the space I previously occupied or the nearest occupied space if that space is occupied. So you guys, That's cool. if anybody's keeping an eye on Arlen. Oh, I'm, I'm keeping, keeping an eye on him. He nods off to sleep in his bedroll, at which time his bedroll, um, you know, the blank is just plumped to the ground as if he's not there. You hear this call? In <laughs> <laughs> mid snore, and, and then a few moments later, he reappears um, on top of the bedroll and tosses fitfully, <laughs> wakes up, realizes he's cold. And <laughs> I'll take first watch. Okay, yeah, give me your watch schedule, please. Second. Actually, if I could take first watch, I'd rather have some insurance on my goodliness. You're, the dagger's never gone off with you. That's true, but. So I'm also never entered the. You can stay with me if you want. Okay. Whatever. Makes them feel better. Coward. <laughs> Perhaps. It's not like any of them were concealing who they were the whole time. So you can you can only feel you know kind of in yourself that only no 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 we. Don't know if they have been concealing who they are. Okay, uh, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But but uh, you have you you do you do feel for them a little bit. Uh, you know, having had it, this rude shock. I don't. I don't know. I don't judge you. You're just thinking that this is. But this is coming from somebody who can't tell you who they are. And I understand, and that's why I'm trying to do okay. more good than so, whatever. What's watch schedule? Uh, Evelyn, Adri, and Gerblog first. Uh, I guess no one said you want second, and then we one more third. Alan. Okay. So, um, so who's third again? Me. Okay, I'll start. So, um, Adrian. <laughs> Well, the uh, the only thing that disturbs your uh, watch, you hear a, a small rustling by the doorway, and um, when uh, do you have dark vision? I do. Everybody but him does. Okay. Um, I have a dagger. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dagger does not go off, and, and you don't see anything. 
Uh, Adrian, you see uh, a small gray fox's face poke around the corner of the the, uh, the doorway, sort of look around and then immediately take off. No one, nothing comes to bother you in the night. And then, how do you how do you wake Alistair when you you're trying to? Wait, hang on just a second. Do I detect anything particularly interesting about that gray fox? Give me a perception roll. Thirteen. Nope, it looks like a great box to you. It looks twice now, but anyways. So how do I how do I wake Alistair? Yeah. Gently, but as as he comes to, I just remind him, naked, bound, and afresh. <laughs> sounds like a weird TV show. Which sounds like a really great TV show. <laughs> <laughs> no, weird um, TV show. Before, before, we, before we woke no one, I slipped the dagger to uh, Adrian said, just for peace of mind for rest. Okay. And Alistair, um, nothing uh, bothers you on your watch. And uh, dawn slowly breaks uh, over the room. <laughs> And actually, one thing I realized that we, we've been doing it, but we haven't been calling it out, so I thought it'd be nice to kind of make that clear. Um, for those of you that have to prepare spells, what are you preparing each day? You want just ones that don't automatically get? Um, yes, exactly. The ones you actually have to prepare. Um, the ones that come with your domain and things like that. Healing word, detect magic, sanctuary, and then prayer of healing. Okay. Cure wounds. Um, protection from evil and good. Uh, thunderous smite. And purify food and drink. Thank you, Google and Alistair. And then, Arlen, you just get spells, right? You don't have to prepare wood. And, uh, and same thing for Adrian and you just have your. Yeah, we just have I think the way your spells work, whatever spells you chose, you're stuck with those to your level. Yes. Then you can pick all exactly. new ones. Yeah, I can exchange one of each level overnight. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of leveling, did we level up overnight? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys are so obsessed with level five. Yeah. We get cool stuff. Maybe that's why I'm like, I don't get any really depth this year. Two attacks. Well, the nice thing is that the, uh, the dungeon master wouldn't, you know, just drag us out just. No, no, it's nothing like him at all. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the day arrives, you guys break out some trail rations. Uh, you're actually able to supplement with some of the. There's actually. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the There's actually like, you know, um, like somebody's wild runamuck garden is, is growing you know, into the thing. So there's like peas and beans and, and things like that that have, uh, have begun to bloom early. Uh, you see them. Radishes and so forth. So you get a little, little bit of fresh food along with your jerky and uh, dried fruit and nuts and all that stuff. Okay. And what are we going to do? I guess, are we... We're, we're still on the far side of the bridge, right? Or did we actually... So you never made it across the bridge. We never made it across the bridge. through that gateway there. Oh, great. Okay. So I guess we got to still try. This time I'm going to hand a piece of rope out to Adri. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to go first, because I'm teeny. <laughs> so, one at a time. One at a time, I'll go first. Well, one at a time last time, it just didn't work yeah. out. Okay. Trying this again. Okay. I, will, I will still... Question. Uh, okay, question. 
did you go out with your makeup this morning? I, I think here, really, I'm not that concerned about it. So the first time we're only seeing you. No, yeah, no, I, I so yeah, didn't bother with the makeup. My wrappings are still on just out of habit. <coughs> um, and because they were probably still on. Um, but yeah, still on my cloak. Put it back on. So it's, it's, it's a, it takes a little getting used to for all the rest of you guys, but uh, you girls, see eight girls don't like no one on the other way. I just don't care. Yeah. Well, even for you, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It just, looks just, like a different person. Yeah, just, yeah, just as if someone had been replaced by somebody that's blue or something like that. You know, which, which I can't do. do I'm grass. By the way. Actually, you turn blue, you're staying blue. I tell level three. Yeah. Wait, no, level five. Ah. I get their level spells that I can get removed cards. We're like, you more used to him changing randomly with his spells and stuff. All right, so. I guess we've made our way to the back to the bridge, right? Yep. So I'll staring, staring across at the scene here. So I'll I'll tie the rope around my waist, put my head back up, and I'll attempt to cross again. Are you gonna pass without a trace? I'll, I'll do well, pass without a trace. Again. You have four, right? I have four again. Why don't you just do regular stealth, and if you see something, we need to stealth, and then you can come back and do it. Otherwise, you can save a few points. Okay, that, that's fair. I have disadvantage either way. Okay. So, so just regular stealth. So, oh, that's. You, you get advantage. You get advantage with the cloak. Yeah. That's it's the same thing, okay. Just so you know, guys, I got clarity. So, what did you still total? 11. Okay. Would have been 21, but that's fine. Okay, so, um, Avery goes across here. Are you going to step upon the log that rolled along? I'll avoid the rolling log. Okay, so you stick to the other logs that cross the gap, and, uh, are you holding the rope or tied around you? It's tied around me. Okay. <coughs> and she makes it to the other side without any trouble this time. Right. And doing clear of the bad log. While I'm on the other side, though, is there anything I can tie the rope off so people have something to help guide them across the... There really isn't, because as you can see, this was an old um, gatehouse, and they're, okay. they're deliberately designed not to have projections and stuff that you can tie stuff to. Okay. So um, I guess I'll just... Stand there, help the Keeping track of where she walked, I'll just try to follow the same path. And I'm okay. going next. If it holds my way, I'll hold everyone else's way. And everyone going uh, carefully is able to make it across without any real trouble. And uh, you guys step <coughs> in through the uh, gateway to the palace. So, uh, where you're standing, where one stood in drawbridge, only stonework still lasts. So the barbican opens like a dark maw. If there was a drawbridge gate or portcullis, they are long gone. On your side of the bridge, the stonework ends in a jagged, eroded edge. Apparently, you are not the only ones that have desired entry to the high seat. Several down trees have been placed across the gap to allow access to the palace. So, are you going through the gatehouse? Yes. yes. Mindful of the murder hole at the top. So, it uh, opens up into a wonder. Um, it is probably several hundred feet across, almost the size of a football field across, and um, maybe a thousand feet side to side. And apparently, uh, as you exit the Barbican, you enter a wide open space between the outer walls and the palace. Clearly, this was the gardens. Marble avenues separated once planted areas. <coughs> The crumbling remains of stone curves no longer contain neatly manicured planters. Now a riot of overgrown vegetation. The great, 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 great grandchildren of ornamental trees now grown up to full size overrun the curves and crack the pavement. Interstitial lawns have become jungles of tangled plants. 
Still, even this dilapidated state, grandeur, is evident. In your mind's eye, you can guess what it must look like, and it puts to shame anything you might find today. Now that you are inside the outer wall, you have your first look at the palace inside. Time has not been kind to it. It appears that the entire south side of the palace has collapsed entirely. Amazingly, even after ten centuries, part of the north side of the palace still seems to have a roof on it. Further, the windows that look out from, to you from that part of the palace seem to be intact, whereas the rest of the windows in parts of the palace that have not collapsed entirely yawn blackly at you. So across the gardens, you can see what must have been the grand entrance to the palace, a series of wide steps, maybe 50 feet wide, and uh, then uh, you know, three or four steps up into the yawning gates of uh, the, uh, the entrance hall. How do we want to get there? If, if carefully. Well, if there's this bridge, we could be walking into an ambush. Well, you made it over the bridge. Well, well but if there's a bridge, there's someone, there could be other people or things here. And in fact, you do see lots and lots of eight, you know footsteps, none of them fresh, but uh, clearly people have been in and out of this gatehouse. What well, kind of footsteps? Um, give me a survival roll. Nine. Okay. Um, they look like footsteps to you. Uh, uh, they're definitely bipeds. Um, Adri, you see uh, claw marks as if maybe the lizard folk have been here, but you also see what look to be bipedal feet of maybe humans or half elves or maybe even those lizard people. Um, and then there's also some other um, some other tracks you can't really quite figure out. So neither of these things that you've seen, but uh, Clearly, you know, multiple multiple races of people have been in and out of this doorway. And am I able to see what the freshest wind is? Um, does, well, it's kind of tough to tell because you know it's very tropical here, so it's very moist. Um, Things kind of squished out. Yeah, yeah, and, and it really they're just in the uh, accumulated dust and debris of centuries that have collected here in the gatehouse. Okay. All right, so we want to try to get to the. Palace. I think we have to. Yeah. yeah. Was there a perception check, or see if there's like a, a trail or a path or a walkway that leads? Seems like the grand entryway. Um, it seems like most of them are just straight up the avenue between the gardens to the grand entryway, but there also are tracks that lead off into the various uh, portions. And like I said, it's it's a grand grand um, gardens. So there's you know. Imagine, you know, the Palace of Versailles ten times oh, over. I'd say, I'd say straight ahead and careful as we go. And is there a way we should walk to avoid, like, uh, all of us getting ambushed or falling into a trap? Like maybe a more concealed path? Or, like, just spread? We could just, we could keep five feet between each of us. Like something like this? Okay. And then do you want to go straight in the middle or do you want to do the winding path? Which which one did you want to do? Straight through, probably. I think, I think I'll, I'll take, take straight, straight through. through. Yeah. Hit it a little straight up the middle. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you uh, obviously creeping forward in a uh, cautious fashion. Um, <coughs> to check just in case there's anything left. Definitely. Okay. 
13. You do not notice anything at this point. Move forward cautiously. Okay, and you make it up to the wall of the palace proper. And uh, up the steps and into the entry hall. Okay. Well, whatever doors or gates grace the entrance to this to the palace are long ago lost to the ages. Tracks, old and new, leading in and out, let you know that you aren't the only ones who have come here looking for something. As you stand in the entranceway, you see in front of you two great bronze doors that lean crazily against each other at an angle, barely holding on to their frames. The tracks lead through the man-sized gap between the valves, and in addition to those big 20-foot-wide uh, bronze doors in front of you, there's also a uh, um, doorway to your right that seems to be intact. The doorway to your left has been broken open by a cascade of debris, and you can see through the pile of debris um, just more debris. And apparently the whole, like I said, the entire south side of the palace seems to have collapsed. Mm. Um, and we didn't notice that? Oh, wait, it's inside the wall. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. We didn't notice that from all these no. times we crossed over? <laughs> um, cautiously walk inside, maybe, mm -hmm. I suppose. Okay. And this room is, uh, once again, about 50 feet by 50 feet square. Um, and, and like we said, this, uh, just the grandeur of this place puts anything you guys have seen to shame. It makes Civitas Cataracta look like a, uh, a backcountry hut. Um, Makes you wonder what happened to all these people left here. Yeah, those of you that have been to Port of Magnum, uh, even as grand as that is, um, nothing, nothing nearly on this scale. Is that waterfall? So we just kind of rocked this waterfall. Port of Magnum is the, the great gates on the great east of the, uh, oh, okay. of the uh, map there. Port of Magnum is the great gate, so we haven't been there yet. We didn't yet. go back. Yeah. It's weird. All right, is there a way that we can discern where the throne room is? Maybe through the big, huge doors? Oh, yeah, it's not that right. <laughs> 20 foot wide, as tall as the room All is. All right, that seems, <clears throat> seems like a good place to go. Is there maybe an alternative route that we could take? Not that you can see, unless you want to go through the, uh, <clears throat> the doorway to the south and then into the debris pile. I just want to just real quickly just kind of look at the debris pile, see if anything interests us to sticking out of it. So uh, you poke your nose into the, the door frame there, and, and basically the door, it's, it's a fine opulent wooden door, or at least it was a thousand years ago. Right. And um, it was basically just sort of pushed open and crushed by a cascade of, uh, of you know, falling bits of stone. As apparently when apparently the south end of the uh, palace came down and so you, as you can imagine it's, it's almost like looking at a cave-in where you are looking at um, you know just a ramp of small blocks of stone that have you know cascaded through this doorway okay. and so you're kind of looking up there. there's really only about a foot's gap between the bottom of the debris and the top of the uh, of the uh, doorway frame, and you can just see it just goes onto an even bigger pile of debris in in that direction. Okay. Front door. Front door. Remember, we're here to um, answer the first part of the riddle. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do that, please? The name of uh, 
The name of your foe is known to one. In the high throne she sits, though her day is done. So. Let's go take a look. Knock, knock. Through the door we go. Um. Hmm. Yes, Sir Paladin? Your foe is also in the Vale of the Elves, only to be found by those who can delve. Is that uh, anything Not that I know of. Just as confusing to me. Well, one step at a time, let's just do what we got right now. Uh, everyone keep an eye out for anything. Right. <laughs> Especially those lizard guys. No, not me. <laughs> you do have a sneaky, sneaky person with you if you want you to. Want to do I'll, I can go I mean, ahead. Yeah. Like, right. what could possibly This time, oh, this time, I'm going to cast Pass Without a Trace. Right? And I will don my hood once more. Okay. Give me a stealth roll. Be careful. Well, that's a good thing. Still have that again. would be 21. Roll again. Oh, I have a you guys. See how very high you can possibly get it. Okay, 25. Okay. So she uh, pulls her hood up. And once again, seems to almost blend in with the stone as she makes her way across the floor. And you briefly see her at the gap in the in the uh, uh, two giant bronze valves. And then uh, you see her uh, <coughs> drop her hood and motion for you to join her and steps through the gap between the doors. Let's go. Let's go. And it's a pretty amazing sight, the throne room, even in this dilapidated state. Where's the throne? Where's the throne? So as you slip between the giant bronze valves, you can't help but be impressed. Even in this decay, the royal hall of the great kingdom is awe-inspiring. 100 feet wide and half again as long, it must have held an enormous court. The few ribs that still stand suggest that the ceiling would have soared nearly as high. Now only a part of the north wall still stands. Stains on the wall hint at fixtures that would have held opulent banners and tapestries. To the west, a three-tiered dais of black stone still stands. But the thrones and everything else of value have disappeared in the intervening ages. Even the tumble-down stone from the collapsed parts of the palace seem to have been taken perhaps to build palaces of your time. Now all that is left is pitted marble flooring and the north wall to speak of the greatness that once was. So you can just see the north wall still stands. Mm -hmm. Just debris over here, but like we said, it's just almost completely clean, um, aside of just debris and, and dirt. But even tumble-down blocks of stone seem to have been taken from here, maybe to make... Uh, other buildings in this day and age. Well, certainly no throne. Yeah, um, that's obviously where the throne was. At walk some over point. to it. And yeah. Look down at it. Gonna walk up on the dais. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no. A millennia later, there's no evidence of where the thrones once sat, other than they must have been here. Maybe this we can't should. have been a useless trip. Is there anything? Well, maybe at night or in the moonlight it mm. reveals its. Yeah, there was something image. that happened. Mm. Mm. No, it doesn't yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the that was the the oracle. Yeah, had to do with moonlight. So I guess can. Or you can you make a call to a friendly Joe? You mm. might. I can actually. make a call to. That's friendly a Joe. good idea. The friendly Joe. The friendly Joe. <laughs> okay. 
Well, some right. lore. Offer you the water skin. If you need water for the bowl, I'll give you the water skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you fill the water skin up and uh, call out Galchabar's name. And uh, once again, um, the friendly face of Galchabar appears um, in profile as he's working away at uh, uh, apparently his alchemical setup in his tower. And as usual, he becomes aware of your interest, you know, starts looking around, ends up pouring way too much of whatever was in his hand in the blue vial into the pink vial, which then turns orange, starts foaming up. The foam starts, uh, you know, encompassing his hand. He drops it, uh, you know, in, in the alarm, and it uh, just instantly turns into this orange vapor, which floats up in the air out of your out of your uh, view. And uh, you see him quickly fish out the uh, the uh, bowl and uh, fills it up with water, and and uh, you see him mouthing your name, and uh, and he looks into it. He says, Ah. Oh, Hello, you're my young sorcerer. How do you do? Uh, I hope you are well. I've not talked to you for days. Yes. Congratulations on your new elixir, by the way. Oh, uh, just a just a trifle I was playing with. Uh, a little too much, and it all evaporates, I'm afraid. But uh, if you get it right, it's a tasty drink. Um, the idea is to make it just slightly anyway. uh, more, uh, more evaporative than the outside air, so as soon as it hits your tongue, it disappears. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, um, we are at the Seat of Heaven. Oh my goodness. How is it? I've been ages since I've been there. It's very beautiful, but it's pretty broken down. Yes, yes. But, but even in its decay, the evidence of the Old Kingdom is awe-inspiring. You can only imagine what it must have seen back in its day. Ships going in and out, in and out. You've been to the docks, have you? Uh, not yet. Oh, you must go. We are currently in the throne room. <clears throat> oh, and what have you found? A room with nothing in it. Ah, uh, I, would, I would be afraid of such. For a thousand years it has stood, and suffered the depredations of the raiders that wish to come and pick the bones of the dead. Um, we're trying to find out what to do with the first verse of our riddle. But what does it say? In the name... The name of your foe is known to one. In the high throne she sits, though her day is done. Ah, yes. Well, the only thing I can think of is the entire palace was known as the high seat. So, perhaps she is still to be found somewhere, or perhaps it doesn't refer to her at all. Maybe, though her day is done, what could quite the time being passed with alchemy just mean like maybe... She- the, the bedchamber. Bed chamber, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are. Yeah. Is anybody else? Does anybody else have any other input? You you said asking? you've been here before. What can you tell us about the layout of the castle? Oh, I'd be rather like trying to tell you every street and <laughs> alley in Porta Magnum. It's huge. I'm although... assuming you're not looking into the where as you say this. <laughs> and and actually. Uh, I do remember the whole south part of the castle having crumbled in, although, strangely, the north part still seems intact a millennia later. Yes. And, by the way, let me say, it's good to see you with your proper face on, finally. I hope it did not cause any troubles with your party. I couldn't say that much. Very good. 
So is there any uh, any lore of where where the queen may have fell or how? If there are such as lost to the uh, annals of time. While they're guys doing this, can I do like an investigation check just around the walls? Sure, give me an investigation roll. <clears throat> oh, that's horrible. Five. The, the walls seem to be uh, completely solid. Darn. Still don't want to just like tap it on them. <coughs> Alright, well, we're just going to have to search. I'm thinking the north part of the castle. We could build a snock around the block doll. Yes. Mm-hmm. The part that's still standing. The, yes. Yeah. The north part of the castle. Look well, there, there is a door on the north wall of the entrance hall that uh, you guys hadn't checked out. Well, right. Let's go back and check that out. It is good to talk with you again. Gautama. And you, my sorcerer, please contact me again soon and appraise me of your uh, continuing developments. Nod and wave my hand over the bowl. Okay. So, um, you going to go back to the entrance hall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there is, in fact, still an intact door there, although it, you know, the wood laminate has peeled long ago and it, it uh, hangs in tatters, but uh, the door itself seems to still be, you know, at least intact. All right. You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Slightly better. Okay, 30. Okay, so you just... <laughs> oh no, slightly better. You just 30. slowly crack the door open and take a look inside. And um, and crack is the right word, too. Um, it actually makes some creaking, <laughs> cracking sounds as you move it on its hinges, but uh, it uh, still seems to hang onto the hinges. doesn't fall upon you. And you see a uh, room that is uh, probably about 25 by maybe about um, 40 feet long. And um, it's uh, barren inside. You you presume that this room must have been used for courtiers to meet outside court, and remarkably it still stands. But whatever contents the room once held are long gone. Now the room is just filled with garbage and detritus. Are there any other doors that you can see? Not in this room, no. Oh, okay. Um, I guess go back to the... Is there any other doors? Other doors what? I'm sorry, there's the four saw walls, no other doors leading yeah, out. I yeah, mean, this, obviously this room it's just is... off the main entrance way. Yeah. Um, so, so, and presumably the other door on the south side that had the collapsed debris coming through is something similar where mm-hmm. the courtiers would meet mm-hmm. uh, outside of the court itself. So we're going to have to step back outside and find a way around. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess go back outside, go to the more northern parts of the castle. Okay. And um, you, uh, you know, go back out into the gardens there. And um, the uh, wall in front of you is somewhat intact. For the first 50 feet or so. Uh, for the next 100 feet, it seems to be in pretty bad shape, pitted, and, and uh, the top is bowed, and, and uh, you, you get the feeling that there's nothing but, uh, but uh, ruins there behind it. But then amazingly, for the last 150 feet or so of the wall, uh, before you come to the, the ruined northern part of the, uh, of the outside wall, it seems to be still relatively intact. The windows are still in their places, and the uh, roof is still on it, 
and the, the walls even don't seem to be as pitted as they once were. Mm. <clears throat> Certainly nothing like the damage you've seen on the southern There's side. There's got to be well, something keeping this like up. Like um, laboratory are we or something inside or outside this room? You're, out, you're outside in the gardens right now. Okay, is there an obvious way in? There definitely is not. There's just windows. And, and you can imagine, you know, being a royal palace that the um, access to it uh, must have been controlled. So uh, the, the windows here are all about, um, you know, 10 feet off the ground. Mm. And uh, so, you know, someone couldn't just walk up and smash a window in and gain access to the palace. Angie, you want to boost? Sure. Boost Adria up to the window just to look in. Okay. And, uh... I read. Yeah, the, the windows are, are obviously dusty and, and grimy after all this time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, amazingly enough, uh, looking in the window there, you actually see a parlor. Um, you see velvet couches and tables. Uh, ornate carpet on the floor, uh, draperies still hang on the windows, seemingly still intact. Um, you know, uh, even portraits on the walls, and you know, like uh, decorative swords hung over the, the doorways. Alrighty. Um, is there a way to get in? <laughs> Break the window. I don't want to go in there by myself. You're going to try to break the window? Yeah, yeah. There's no other way in um, that we can see? Oh, right. Out of okay. character. Um, is it just me or are you guys also getting castled to Amberville flashback? I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> in the no, library, but I know what that is. Are the windows... There, there's there's a litter in the library open? with a candlestick. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is the window possible? Can it be opened? Um, it appears to be locked from the inside. All right. Does well, anyone have like mage hand or something they can open that um, up with? Uh huh. Do you really? Uh huh. Okay, Want to boost? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to have a line of effect though? I mean, let's re up. Yeah. Two fifty. Well, I mean, if you can see, you might be able. Yeah, to. that's true. If you can see through, it's all you need to fly to do. Um, mage hand. Got oh, you already got it. Uh, one action, one minute. Spectral floating hand appears at a point it chews within range. The hand lasts for the duration or so until it's in the window. In the window, he can have it on the other window, come back and unlock the window. Uh, I can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door or container, store or retrieve an item from open container or liquids of a vial. Um, I can move the hand and I can't carry more than 10 pounds. Well, and did, did, did it say it just had to have line of sight? What did it say? It yeah. just any spot that he could see a within clear, range. It, a clear path only is required if it's targeting something. And it's just a yeah. So he could. It's just it. like it. It it just appears. But could it appear on the other side yes, of the window? It can just you say, say that. Can as you long say as it he again? can see okay. the opening. What like, did it say again? Sorry. If this was the window. This is him. He can see here. He can make the thing appear here. Okay. A spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. Okay. What's your range? Yeah, there's no 30 target. feet. So there, yeah. So he can do it. Okay. So put so lower edge down. Like boost. yeah, I can like unlock uh, something. Okay. So mm -hmm. lower edge down, boost Arlen up. Do your thing. Cast mat, mage hand, and unlock the window. <laughs> okay, so the spectral hand appears in the uh, 
in the rooms <laughs> and floats back and you uh, <laughs> that's Bigby's hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bigby's offending him <laughs> and uh, you guys hope you slowly open up oh, the uh, clasp on it and um, spring for it I get knocked off <laughs> and you're able to push the window open yeah <laughs> All right. You should crawl um, in. Toss the rope up to the hand. Have the hand have the rope off. So you can do that too, right? Uh, how heavy is the rope? Not 10 pounds. Not not it pounds. would be yeah. like yeah. maybe eight tops. Yeah. Although have the rope tie it off to something very secure. Tie it. It's a magical hand. Come on, man. Let's not look. It fingers. can face through itself. It has like six fingers. It could like. Yeah. So, so it does it a one-handed pull and knot? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> around the... Around the, yeah. the uh, and it, can, and it can face through itself because it's magic. Right. Do, would you like me to go up first? Again? Well, he's like right I'm there. like already yeah, there. Exactly. So I can climb through. Okay. Can you see anything? Um, can I see anything? Yes. So, and as he's looking, I push him through the window. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you open the window, Swan thuds, just breaks through and, and gaze around, it's as if you have stepped back into the time of the old kingdom. Age Wrong seems not to have affected this room in the least. Dust doesn't even seem to have fallen here. You are looking on a parlor. Comfortable velvet couches and end tables surround an ornate carpet. Luxurious draperies border the windows. Crossed swords of ancient design sit in brackets over the two doors and the harp. Several portraits of nobles in ancient garb dot the walls. In the room is um, about 100 feet on a side. It's huge. And um, so there's multiple, all these things. There are um, these large windows about every uh, 20 feet on both the south and the, uh, and the, excuse me, yeah, south and, excuse me, north and east walls. And uh, to your left on the south wall, there is a single door. And to the west, opposite of where you're coming in, is a pair of double doors, all of very ornate Wood parquet what design. What do you see? <laughs> There's nothing in here yet. You're getting heavy. I climbed through the window. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're like eight feet tall. You can just stand on your shoulders. Could, yeah, well, you're still getting heavy. Uh, strength check to get in, acrobatics, athletics. Um, well, presumably everybody else is climbing up. <laughs> actually, before we do that, as you come through the door... Arlen? The window. Window. The window? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the rug on the floor oh, no. jumps up and curls around and flies at you. And the swords that are crossed over the entrances you got this. all of a sudden so come to life and also fly right at you. So glad I didn't go first. Can I like fling myself? And back you guys, you guys can just hear noises happening inside the room. And that's where we're going to stop. Well, that was interesting. 
it uh, got a little dicey between the characters there. Um, Adri's big reveal caused uh, some more schisms than even we perhaps thought. Although I think uh, even for Noan and for Gernval, uh, the presence of a drow suddenly popping up in the party uh, would have been a little more disturbing than even they let on. Uh, for the half-elves, though, it would be rather like... Uh, discovering a spy in your midst if you were working at the Pentagon. So I thought the uh, players did a pretty good job with that. We'll have to see how it shakes out as more backstories come to light. It'll be quite interesting. Um, from behind the Dungeon Master screen, when Jessie, and remember she's a brand new player to Dungeons & Dragons, approached me with the idea of a half-drow character, um, here is the power of the yes, but instead of saying no. Uh, we sat down and we figured out how this would all shake out and uh, then pointed out to her that drow aren't in good stead and she was going to have to hide that from everybody. So it's made for a real uh, interesting situation in the first 30-some episodes. But, once again, the power of the yes but created a uh, much more interesting character. As for the mention of Castle D'Amberville there, on towards the end back during the playtest this group uh, or mostly this group uh, was playtesting and we converted uh, Castle D'Amberville X2 the uh, old AD&D module or actually expert D&D module uh, for fifth edition and went through that to see how it would work out and it did pretty good uh, but there was one scene that they were talking about now Drew's last name is Peacock no, really, it really is. Isn't that cool? And they got to the scene in the module where they get to the library, and the gal that they found who's been buried alive in the chapel shrieks into a rage, runs over, and tries to throttle her brother, who apparently is the one who buried her alive. Anyways, just then, the dice rolled in my favor, and Drew rolled high initiative. So he runs over there to try to restrain her from throttling her brother. And I asked him to do a perception check, which he did. And he got a high number. And I said, you notice that the candlestick next to you is glowing slightly. So he takes a bait and he says, I pick it up and I hit her with it. And I tell him that there's this resounding clap of thunder and she falls dead to the floor. And then I turn to the rest of the players and I said, you realize what just happened, don't you? And they all look at me with blank faces. And I said... The murderer was Mr. Peacock in the library with the candlestick. And we all had a good laugh. Anyways, seems like the party has patched things up and they've actually found the castle, the palace. Uh, but it doesn't seem to have much there to help them with their quest uh, until they got into this room and then the room started attacking. So Arlen's inside, everyone else is outside. We're going to have to see what happens in the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us on iTunes. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.